So rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll. How a lot can happen in a decade, but a lot after a decade can happen in a few short years. And so even in five years, see, the thing is I put up the other day that first it takes quantity to get to quality, but then it doesn't take tons more quantity to get to more quality. You may continue to grow, you may continue to evolve, but initially to get something going, I think that there's ways to collapse time. Uh, you can learn from mentors and coaches and people in courses to shortcut things, but by and large, you still have to put in the reps. There is no amount of learning. If you've got a hundred pounds of weight to lose, you know, outside of a surgery, there is no, you know, here's how you can do it in 24 hours. Here's how you can do it in a week, right? Outside of that type of, you know, invasive surgery or something, which a lot are against, a lot are for, and some are indifferent, but outside of those things, and it's always nuanced depending on what we're looking at, you're still going to have to put in the reps. You're still going to have to, to do quantity to something. Now, what your quantity is, right? How your money, if we were talking about weight loss here, which we're not, what your metabolism, body type, and all these things, and how much faster with the same type of thing, you might lose weight, somebody else, how many reps and hours and time you're putting in relative to someone else could be the amount of experience and years that can accelerate something. But Michael Gebbin, the mind mechanic here, tuning up hearts and minds one at a time so your ideas don't die in your heart's heads and hard drives. Uh, every 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, you can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com and you can register for the Zooms. Um, that's where this is coming from right now. And I've also started uh, only live on Facebook right now. I plan to start releasing them Monday through Friday on Facebook or on YouTube and podcasts as well here in the next couple of weeks. But right now, just building the habit. Your Daily Jumpstart, Monday through Friday. Uh, and so you can check out those. I think is this is the first official week. I think I'm going on my second week. Actually, I think it's my second week. I did all last week and I'm doing this week. So uh, excited to build that habit and, and, and practice that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So as I said, before I started this recording, I am going to have a hard stop in like 30 minutes on this one. So this one won't be two hours or an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes. It's going to be 30 minutes. And uh, I'm going to Austin, Texas. And I'm really excited because uh, it's a really, really good friend of mine and um, my best friends uh, and have known him since 2010. And we weren't friends. Didn't know who he was. Reached out to me. Uh, didn't call him back real quick. And he said, how can I learn from you? How can I train with you? And it was the very first time I charged for a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, VIP day or training day, coaching day in person. And we did two days. I still had a job at the time. I think he was doing, um, you know, $30,000 with that job and then, and then uh, quit that job. And then essentially, um, um, one second. your mouth readers you can see what i said i just had to yell louder so i didn't want to the microphone uh, somebody's calling me i just want to make sure they get taken care of and there's nothing that i must take the call um so anyways then he he got to i don't know 40 to sixty thousand dollars over the next 12 to 18 months and then from there grew and we kept in touch and became really good friends um and then in the last few years has grown exponentially because ultimately for i i don't even know um probably could ask him that, but, you know, for four or five years, just kind of hit a plateau and was bringing the same amount of revenue. And it was the, you know, if, if you, if you want something done, you do it yourself type of mentality and type of attitude. And then, um, you know, we had a talk a few years ago and, and had, you know, he had a number of things going on and was even trying to do an Amazon business and all these random things. And then we just got crystal clear on a vision and a goal. 
And as I've been saying lately, which I've seen in his business, I've seen in multiple others' businesses that I observe in my own, elimination leads to multiplication, not addition. Just adding more, 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 hours, time, deliverables, et cetera, et cetera, isn't always per se delivering more value. In fact, what I would argue is at times it's masking your feelings of inadequacy about what you have. The more and more and more you add, it's because you're saying your core thing isn't enough. So I've got to add more and more and more. Now, I'm not saying that there's levels of more that don't matter and can really help and deliver more value. But is it coming from truly a more value or this thing is all I wish I could do? It's what I love. It's, it's the most potent, powerful thing. But to sell that, I've got, and this comes a lot from internet online marketing, right? I got to add 50 other things on, you know, bonus, 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 this, that, all these other things so that someone will buy. But you don't see that. You go buy a box of cereal, right? This idea that, hey, we, we've got to add, you're going to get, you know, 40 more boxes for, you know, all these other random things. I can't even, that was a bad scenario. But the reality is when he started eliminating all the distracting things and focused on one business, his main business, the thing he'd been working on for that time, six, seven years and had a lot of momentum with. um, And then because of the way he was structuring things, getting help and support so that technically more could happen, right? Rather than him being the, the only person to do something. And once he's maxed out, nothing else could be done. Now other things could be done while other things are being done. And so some people's businesses, they're going to be better as employees or just a contractor doing a specific thing. And you might hurt, hit certain limits. And maybe you're happy with that. And there's no, there's no shame in that. Um, other times you can build a business by simply charging more uh, per person for the same thing that you're doing. That Now it's still the same amount of time, but you're, you're making more money. And other times it will take you know, delegation, uh, collaboration to be able to help you grow. And so it's been incredible to see the full journey over 10 years, because I've seen my own journey and, you know, I know of people and you hear about their journeys, but in this coaching, speaking, inspiring, encouraging, motivating, jumpstarting, mind mechanicing, you know, world that I've been in, it really like had an official start. I mean, there's people I've known for a long time and things, but like an official, there's a transaction. This is some form of business that I'm doing my thing with that you're experiencing every week on these mind tune up times. And if you're a private client or, or do some other coaching with me that you get to experience outside of these calls. And so to have, you know, 10, 11, 12 years now pass um, is pretty incredible because we live in a very instant world. And so, you know, at times all we see is what is, and I know in the coaching world, it's so at times intangible you know, this aspect that um, unlike a video, I can run around with my camera. I can even hit play on the back of my camera. I put it in my computer and I can edit, right? Some of you, maybe you're artists, but if you're working in more of the intangible, there's nothing necessarily physical to see, right? You talk to a person for a while, do your thing like on these. I I, I do my thing on here. I work with some people one-on-one from time to time. And there's no other like physicality per se. Sometimes we see people when we're working on them, you can visually see them. You see them kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It hasn't been working out and I've been trying and this and that. And then you see this shift and they stand a little taller and they're smiling. And there's this like, like not, uh, but like a, and a relief. And you can see that. But as I've brought up the backwards bicycle story many times, you know, the kid had been riding, you know, it's normal bike, 
kid was riding the bike for um, normal bike, but you turn left, it goes right, right, it goes left. I got to remember there's new people sometimes. Uh, but you turn left, it goes right, right, you go left. Everything else is normal. This son who was six years old and riding a bike for three years with daily practice, was able to ride the bike in a few weeks. The dad in his 40s, you know, it wasn't a, you know, intellectual. I don't, I don't know this every time I get on it, but our brain is, is built to have things that it's like riding a bike, right? We say that because we don't want to have to relearn everything every day, like walking and talking and, and opening our eyes. Like there's things that we, we don't want to have to relearn how it works, what we're seeing, what we're doing. So it's the bike. So even him, it took nine months of daily practice to be able to ride that bike. And so what is that for you where there's that daily practice, right? Um, where you do something, you get something, you're excited about something, but the shift like is no more than intellectual right now. It's not embodied. And that's where my, your daily jumpstart. What is that for you? You set New Year's resolutions, these things. And again, it's very intellectual. It's not shifting our being. It's like, oh, on January 1st, this is what we do. It's like habitual for most people. This is what we do on January 1st. We set some kind of goal, dream, resolution, whatever. And then we start working towards it, right? That's probably the biggest date of any date in the entire year of people starting in sync, whatever it is that they're doing, not all the same thing, but starting something. And because where people come from for that, most times it's very just intellectual. This is the date. It's habitual. This is what we do on this date. We start something. We pick a goal, a dream, lose some weight, start my business. But because it's so intellectual and you haven't shifted your being, you just start doing from the same person that you've been. Then you do this for two, three weeks, a month, month and a half, and then some stuff happens. And, you know, the line life happens. And now you haven't really like that bike. You understand, okay, it's a backwards bike, but I don't know how to ride it yet. So you practice, practice, practice. Now, boom, becomes habit. Now you can ride that bike, right? It's the same thing with setting these, these goals. You've just intellectually got it. People get some coaching. They get some help. They get inspired by a YouTube video. And intellectually, you get it in the moment. But now it takes the daily practice. You put in that practice so it becomes a habit. So it becomes part of you. So it embodies you. So that then, yeah, here or there, you may not do it. But by and large, you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep making progress. You're going to keep having momentum versus you do it for three weeks and you stop entirely whole year passes ah, i gotta get that thing going again man you know but you don't need to wait nine months 10 months 11 months 11 months and you know 28 days you just pick back up and i think that that's where again I, I put this thing up the other day about a baby falling versus failing so many times we're failing we're a loser this our, should i even start again right? You get back in those patterns that you don't like, you don't want, that are disempowering, that are not enjoyable. And so you've got to recognize what things in your life do you say you know, and you may know, and you were very intellectual about, but do you live it? Do you breathe it? Do you embody it? You know, there was a thing I, I heard one time, it was, uh, well, not heard one time, but you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. But then there was somebody who said, yeah, but most people have a hard time loving their neighbor because they don't love themselves. Right. And I think that that's super powerful when you really think about that. Right. We know these things. Sure. Treat people with respect, have love and compassion, have empathy. Like you can intellectually get these things. It's the same thing in, in business as you're growing your business, as you're dealing with people. Some people are ready now. Some people are ready later. But, you know, I see so much in marketing. It's like this, you're dead to me. 
aspect, right? Like if you don't do something right now, you're dead to me, right? And really, I mean, coming full circle, what I've been talking about here, the fact that I'm flying out to Austin for substantially more, I mean, this is a friend too, by the way, but for substantially more to have the expectations even calibrated. Before it was like, hey, can you teach me how to edit and shoot and cameras and this and that and all these different things. I'm solely doing my thing, being the mind mechanic because I am the mind mechanic. I'm not a videographer anymore. I'm not saying I'm just a videographer. Nobody takes me seriously as a coach. Do I really know what I do, I'm doing? And so for substantially more than the first time I did this, a 10 years later, 11 years later with this person, I'm just doing my thing. But what's interesting is that that practice and that growth over time, but that staying in touch, you know, not just do it and you're dead to me, but the, the keeping in touch. And sometimes there might be, you know, I have friends that there's months, you know, even years in between interactions, but we can pick back up like it was yesterday, but we still have this keep in touch. And so it's that aspect that, you know, have empathy, have compassion for people, recognize that we're all going through different things, right? And so where are you at in that journey? And try to have compassion when you look at certain people, maybe you're a little bit ahead of them and not where they are. Can you get back to where you were when they are where they are? Right. Where are we at? Facebook, Zoom, doing good. Got half the call. Lisa, Debbie, love your last name, Jolly. Linda, hello. Look at all those L's. Who else we got on here right now? Carolyn, G. Avatar, Sonia, hello, hello, hello. You're coming in later. I got to go in about 15 minutes today. I'm flying to Austin. So if you've got a question, fire it off to me uh, in the chat, in the Q&A. Otherwise, anything off of what I said, anything off of what I've said in the past, um, any way I can be of service to you today. This one's going to be cut a little short. Uh, I'm also trying to, which I won't be able to do today, but my goal I just haven't kicked it up with action uh, up front here. Um, but I really want to turn these calls into mainly the coaching, like of a new person. Uh, I'd love to do, you know, one, two, three, just depends on timing and things, but new people every week on this call and, and coach someone brand new. Um, you know, reserve, re reserve overall ongoing, you know, not repetitive, but ongoing coaching for my, my paid clients. But I want to be this as a, as a give back. I love doing it and I know people can learn from it. And so, um, but I want to do that because I'm doing these year daily jump starts now. And those are getting my, a, a version of my preaching and teaching out. So I really want to make sure that we get new people here every week. And I'm going to start working on that in the coming you know, weeks and months so that this turns into a call on Tuesdays. That's a you know, new person to help them tune up their mind. You know, when I hear you, I can help you. And so if you know someone, or you haven't had it yet, you know, let me know. And uh, yeah, if you're on Facebook, give it some likes and love, give some comments there. No matter what it is, it helps more people see it, right? If people just kind of observe and listen. Um, Facebook's like, yeah, that's a metric. But if they like, they comment, they interact, uh, that always helps too. So if you're on Facebook and you enjoy this, you get value out of it, definitely uh, leave some love over there. And um, of course, all of you on here, the replays are uploaded usually by end of day Thursday on uh, YouTube and podcasts. And there's show notes below that so you know where things happen. But anything, I might stop here a little early. I'm excited. It's got a few things I got to do. I pretty much got everything ready, more prepared than, than, than typically I am. Where are we at? I'm here. Uh, 
been really good at building this habit. I think we're on load about half, I think. I think we're at 14, 15. I, I think I'm close to 25 to 30 of these mind tune-up times. I don't think I've, I've at this point in time skipped a, a Tuesday yet. So we're getting on over half a year of doing these and uh, been having a blast. Some of you have been here a long time. A lot of you were already working with me um, in, uh, on Thursdays as well and have had the, the assessments taken and different things. Any hints from when life happens in a truly traumatic way? A really bad event happened in my neighborhood four weeks ago, and I'm really struggling to focus on getting back on track. So there's two things going on in that question, right? Were you like, some people say that and something's happening clear across the world with people they don't know, and it's a like world traumatic event um, that unlike the pandemic, it's something that because of technology, everyone knows about. And sometimes people are like deeply affected by somebody they don't know. And they, they, they go on their Facebook news feed. Now this isn't this, this is in your neighborhood, right? But like, what's that, that dynamic there? Because I'm not trying to say something is or isn't traumatic and then how you should deal with your feelings. But like, I believe that we all have our different reactions. So that's a whole thing in and of itself, right? Um, man, yeah. Wow. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? Like she's saying arson in a building, two people lost their lives. I watched it. The bodies are still, so there could be, is this going to happen to me? Like I get all the things that could start to go on. Um, sometimes like my observation that has worked well for me. And I, I think there's so much depth to this and people even better at answering this than me, but for my own life, I've had to realize I'm a human being, right? Like I'm not sitting here trying to be a robot. I'm not trying to preach, be a robot, have no feelings, be a sociopath or something. You know, uh, I'm, I'm simply saying that experience life, all that life has to, to, to offer you, give you where you're at, where you live, what happens. This person says this, they say that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how long we choose to experience certain emotions, I believe are on, you know, by and large up to us. So take grief, for example. Uh, I think next Friday, my wife said our little man Bauer meant the world to us, was almost 14 years old, um, you know, passed away. It's still going to bring up some emotions because the emotions of joy, but, um, you know, six months leading up, he had a he had lymphoma and it was, you know, from like just dealing with him and seeing him you know, just kind of wither away. Um, that was extremely difficult. And we stayed very optimistic during that time. And it, we didn't really fully release in a big way until he actually passed. And um, everybody deals with grief differently. Um, and we bawled our eyes out, you know, off and on for probably a few weeks. In this particular type of grief, like death and somebody close, it's very important. It is my firm belief because I've had it happen um, gratefully right now, not that many times in my own personal life, um, but people who were very close to me, um, some very sudden, some, you know, like my my little man. Um, And I just have a firm belief that no one would want us to suffer. Um, There's a lot of probably fear-based around yours, Debbie, versus like, I mean, fear can creep in when somebody passes away or something. Um, 
you know, and I think there's been a lot of things happening that we can point at that. And so you can do whatever you choose to do with those things. They can, they can serve you moving forward, or they can continue to cause you pain and suffering. And so for me, you know, I choose to let full emotions out, cry at times, be angry, be sad, and experience things in those moments. And then some things need a little bit more time, but then how much? That's all up to each individual person. But I think wallowing in something, um, and what's that time period? <laughs> Is wallowing, could it be three days? Somebody could tell you it's less than 24 hours, right? Other people could tell you it's two weeks, two months, two years. I don't know. Um, I know for me, um, I think it'll be a person by person, thing by thing scenario, but I recognize that I still have a choice, right? Um, that I can shift, that I can pivot. And it doesn't mean that I love that person or that thing any less because I'm not, I'm not crying and, and quote unquote emotionally suffering every day. Um, but rather it's, it's a version of celebration. Like that person would want me to celebrate life, live life to the fullest. Right. And so there's that aspect that for me, I just, I have a firm belief in that, that no one close to us would want us to suffer. So when things happen, you know, the problem is when people have traumatic events happen, they repeat the traumatic event in their life over and over and over and over and over again. And from my limited knowledge about PTSD and things like that, but my observation is that people have all sorts of traumatic things happen. Some, if you're going to judge them, some are worse than others, but if we just leave it neutral and call it trauma's trauma and something that it really affects you, um, um, you know, the thing is, it's the repetitive nature of thinking about it, speaking about it, talking about it um, over and over and over again. That you're reliving it. It's not technically happening, but it is. It's happening in your mind, which you talk a lot about imagination, right? Whether you're going to have an amazing future of all the things you could ever dream of, or you're going to have a horrible future with all this pain and suffering and difficulty and challenges that just is not exciting, both of those are imagined and no more real than the other. Right, right now, all that's real is right now. If you're listening live, you're listening later. This right now is all that is real. And when we use our imagination to imagine what bad things could happen to us or what great things could happen to us, neither are true or false. But what's likely to become more true is what we do think and speak about all the time. And so things are going to happen. You're likely to have natural human reactions that you have almost zero control over at times, unless it's something practiced or it's happened so much that now it's like you're numb to it. But you're going to have these natural human reactions. You get to experience that. I mean, releasing all that, those tears and things were so helpful versus like, got to get back to work. You're right, this old alpha way of thinking, God, no time to cry, no time to be sad, got to get back to work. And I think that people suffer by holding things in and holding tensely and tightly onto things. And so it's about releasing those things. And so for me, I recognize I have a choice every single day, whether I want to suffer, be in pain. Um, I mean, physicality is one thing, but mentally is a completely different thing. And mentally, a lot of times we have a lot more control over than we have physicality. I'm not here to talk about physicality of pain. I'm here to talk about mental pain and suffering. And I believe that most, most, not all, is in one's imagination. And we need to experience life and the fullness of it and the emotions of it. But then we can make a choice to shift, right? Yeah, good. Hmm. only thing with virtual. Debbie, I'm giving you some love. You feel that? I'm sending you that love right now. You specifically, I do believe more than ever in my entire life that we are all one and we are all connected. 
So when you channel in, some of you don't hear me talk that way very often, but I believe I got, I got chills, right? I don't know where Debbie lives. I don't know where Debbie's at. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of miles or states or cities or zip codes away she is, but we can connect and uh, we can send love. UK, I love the UK. And so sending tons of love your way is probably a really great place to wrap up today because I do have to go here in a few minutes. And so um, it uh, gives me chills, but it's, it's completely and utterly and entirely okay to cry, to be sad, to be angry, to be happy. And when you have things happen, you can experience any of those. And there's going to be gut default ones you have with those things. Some things that could make people sad can make other people angry. You get to experience those things, but you get to make a choice any minute, any moment, any day, week, or month after that as to when you can, you can have it serve you or you can have it hurt you. But you get to make that choice. Um, life is full of abundance and it's full of scarcity. But I believe the abundance and the scarcity for most, not all, is a mindset, is an attitude, it is a perspective, because I've experienced far too many people whom the bank account has nothing to do with whether they experience joy in life or not. Too many people are super wealthy, they're super unhappy, and there's tons of people who are not financially wealthy, yet are really grateful, happy people, and they are everywhere on the, on the spectrum from that point forward, and I believe that is a choice, but when you make a choice, to see life through a lens of abundance, far more abundance in every way, shape, and form, and not just money will shower you and come into your life. So my friends, rock and roll. Here's your mind tune-up time, Tuesday mind tune-up time. Dobby, Dobby, <laughs> I was trying to say Debbie and Jolly. Uh, Debbie, um, super grateful for you. Grateful for everybody else who's on here today. Linda, G, uh, Lisa, everybody who's leaving comments and interactions and uh, sending you all tons of love. I appreciate you all. I will see you next week for uh, Mind Tune Up Time on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And um, yeah, rock and roll, my friends. Appreciate you so much. Talk soon.